<laughs> Hi, you're listening to Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Emma. <laughs> Welcome back. I feel like I feel like I feel like I just went, hey, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm Emma, that's what I went to say. I think that's what you did say. <laughs> I don't know, it just felt like I went, no, 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 no. Well, welcome back, everyone, after a short break of, what, three weeks? <laughs> no, wouldn't it? How many months? Two months? It's been about, I don't know, it's been over two months. But that's the magic of the internet. No, Nobody will realise that we haven't done one for two months. Yeah, but we could just cut this out. <laughs> no, leave it, leave it. <laughs> so... Um, yes, before I forget, last, the last one we did, you talked about your sleep paralysis. Yeah. Um, can I just say that traumatised the fuck out of me for weeks? <laughs> I was like, I don't like it. <laughs> Every time I was trying to go to sleep, I was just picturing like sleep demons peering over the bed and oh, it's horrible. <laughs> um, I was actually... I was actually going to do one on sleep paralysis. Um, I was going to do this episode on sleep paralysis, but uh, it just freaks me out too much. Um, what I did research, though, that I can find absolutely no one else that has had another person see their sleep demon at the same time that they did. Yeah, so, it's, I mean, it's only ever happened with that person that saw it with me. So, yeah, it, uh, it is weird. And I don't know, I don't know, I think the only reason it doesn't freak me out is because I just don't think about it. Weird things yeah. happen a lot and I uh, just like, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what we're doing now. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. That's, that's okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I can't find another case of anybody uh, seeing it. So, uh, yeah, I can't explain that. Weird, isn't At it? All. Yeah. Very strange and very, very creepy. I didn't like it. Yeah. At all. Yeah, it, um, freaked, got... it freaked him out more than it freaked me out because uh, I've seen them a lot for a long time. But uh, mm. he hadn't and he'd only ever seen them with me and never by himself. I uh, I saw one the other day, but it was a child. How horrible is that? Um, oh. uh, yeah, in the new house. I think I was dreaming and I think it might have been um, because I have a toddler at the minute and uh, probably dreamt that she'd come out of bed or something, but it was a, it was a child this time. No, don't like it. Children mm-hmm. are freakier than, no, than adults. No, 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 Yeah. Don't like it. I, I spoke to one of my friends, actually, because she suffers from sleep paralysis, and I said, oh, I might be doing this for the podcast, blah, blah, blah. You know, have you got any spooky stories? And she said she's had, like, three grey looking troll people surround her bed which is like horrifying and she said she actually saw one while she was driving she was absolutely exhausted and she she thinks she probably just kind of nodded off but she saw them just like sat on the side of the road watching her oh, oh my god watching her drive by oh no i don't i do not like it i do not like it, I don't like it. so no <laughs> no 
So, uh, yeah, thanks for that, Bex. That was some great stuff that I really didn't need to have in my brain. But it, it's in there now. It's there forever. <laughs> Do you think about it when you can't sleep? Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. <laughs> I love it. Um, I've got uh, another little story. Hold on, I'll just put my computer down. Mm, so I don't want it to make a noise. Right. I've got another little story. This is since we moved to the new house. The new house is a oh, reasonably God. new house, so it's not haunted or yeah. anything. It's, it was built in 2004. Um, so um, I was in bed uh, with my husband and my... I think it, it must be to do, a bit like what your friend said, it must be to do with not sleeping and being half asleep all the time. That must That tends to trigger them. Um, and... Uh, my husband was on his phone, so the light on his phone was was on. I was knackered, so I went to sleep. But I must have gone to sleep for well, less than half an hour. I woke up and saw one again, one of these shadow people at the bottom of the bed. And apparently, I don't remember doing it, which is freakier. But apparently, I turned around to my husband and said, Oh, you know when I told you about that, I see shadow people at night sometimes and they sit at the end of the bed. Well, there's one at the bed right now, um, at the end of the bed right now. <laughs> oh, oh, no. And apparently his eyes went really big and was like, what? And I just like, I was like, no, no, then. And then turned around. <laughs> well, good night. <laughs> Enjoy, enjoy that thought. Yeah, I'll leave with that now. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> apparently, he couldn't all. sleep. Apparently. <laughs> oh dear. Oh mate, I'd be getting a divorce. I'd be like, nope, nope, none of that. See ya, haunted lady. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so he God, didn't. Becky. He didn't mention it. He was so freaked out. I think that he didn't mention it to me the next day. It was only when he was speaking to his brother about something, and it was like, oh. Guess what she did to me the other day? And I was like, what did I do? What's he on about? <laughs> I was like, we haven't argued. What's he talking about? And, uh, yeah, it was that. So he was just like, yeah, I was I was lying in bed and freaked me out. Mrs. Uh, haunted Woman. Oh, dear. Oh, God. So, yeah. It's just how nonchalant you are. Like, you know, I said I saw creepy things. There's one in the room. Night. <laughs> Honest, honestly, like, honestly, don't cheer, remember saying it. Cheers, pal. Cheers, pal. <laughs> Wonderful. It'd be funny if I what remember. Gets me? I just don't remember saying that at all. What What gets me is why does everybody see the same thing? Why is it always the same thing? Because every, every when I was researching it, um, yeah, it's a sleep demon, and basically everybody sees pretty much the same thing that makes no sense to me yeah. why yeah when when i had a look on the internet about it uh i was trying to i was trying to find more information and um yeah it looks some of the pictures look exactly like what i see all mine are, is just a silhouette of a person just think of a person color men like a silhouette and uh that's what yeah, i yeah. see uh, some people see that but with with eyes Whereas I don't ever see any eyes. It's just a, just a silhouette of a person. I'm glad that I don't see any eyes. That would be freaky. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's, yeah. There's, there's slight variations, but as as a whole, they're pretty much the same. The same, 
visions that you all see. I don't know, I just find the whole thing very creepy. I can't get my head round it at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, creepy. Mm. So, talking of creepy, do you want to hear a creepy story? Yes, I do. <laughs> I feel like I've already freaked myself out with the sleep demons. Yeah, I'm scared. But, um, in my little wardrobe. Yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're sat in a wardrobe. <laughs> it's the only way that I can get away from my feral children <laughs> and husband. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, so I did this story because I thought actually it's going to be pretty funny, um, oh. and I thought you'd appreciate. Uh, yeah, I thought you'd appreciate it because it is very strange but quite comical. But the more, the more like I researched it and the more information I found about it, I was like, actually, this is quite terrifying. Um, so yeah, I think you'll enjoy this one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, so I'm taking you to the early 1930s, and we're on the Isle of Man. That's part of the United Kingdom. I know where that is. Um, Do you? I've never been there, but I know where it is. Yeah. I was going to say, have you been there? I've never been there either. So it's on the Isle of Man, and um, the Irving family, so we've got James, Margaret, and their daughter, Vori, um, start experiencing strange things going on in their house which you know uh, quite a lot of my stories start like this don't they yeah something <laughs> strange is a, going on i see a pattern here <laughs> <laughs> so their house apparently was centuries um centuries old it was a stone house known as dawlish Kashen near the town of dalby so they started to hear really strange noises coming from behind the walls tapping and scratching and sometimes they could even hear like baby noises like garg like baby gurgling and you know like yeah baby baby speech baby speech Uh, is probably the freakiest things that you can hear when you hear a baby and you don't have one i know i know imagine that coming out from behind your wall no thanks uh um so the family eventually had, had enough and thought, right, it's it's some it's a rat or a squirrel or a, we've got mice or you know there's something rodent like that's uh, living in the house. So they bought some rat poison uh, to destroy whatever it is, and they baited some food and then they waited and then they heard this blood curdling screech and assumed that the animal had taken the bait and was dying, but this went on like all night and when they checked for the you know to see if the food had gone or what it hadn't been touched at all um so (laughs) whatever the creature sharing their walls was it seemed to be taking the piss out of them (laughs) yeah because it's like oh i've made them think i've eaten this food and i'm like i'm dying And it did it all night, and literally it was just screeching in pain. Apparently, it sounded like a pig being murdered. You know that. Oh, that's a that horrible kind of, sound. Yeah, and that's what they put up with all night. But that, you know, it hadn't even touched the poison. So, ooh, creepy. Mm. Um, one one day, Vori, so their teenage daughter, was sent out to snare rabbits um, for 
the Irvings dinner with her dog Mona. They had a, a sheep dog called Mona. That's a really good name. And yeah, yeah, Mona uh, the vampire. Do you not remember that? <laughs> do you not? Do you know? Did you never watch Mona the Vampire? No, I can't say I've ever heard of it. Oh, no. All right, carry on then. We'll cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> leave it in. Leave it in. Um, oh, I've lost Sorry. my place now. On my pe- it's okay. Um, it's my own fault for not putting spaces in between my paragraphs. Um, so she's out sna- snaring rabbits for dinner with her dog Mona, only to find that the job had already been done and there was a line of dead rabbits waiting for her like a gift from a friendly ghost. The noises behind the walls began to sound more and more human. It had gone from tapping and scratching to barking, growling, spitting and blowing. <laughs> <laughs> Becky. No. I know. I, my mind didn't actually go there. It went to someone going, just that's really random. Oh, I'm a ghost. I'm going to blow on you. I'm going to blow on you. <laughs> go ahead. Okay. So James, the dad started to make animal noises in response to the creature like you do <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so he starts making noises um to the creature and it would reply by making the exact same noise it was basically mimicking anything james was doing um, so they soon realised that they were dealing with an extremely clever creature. Um, and eventually all James would have to do was to actually name the animal to this thing and it would respond by making the correct noise. So like James would go cat and the weird thing living in the wall would go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And everybody's... Everybody's fine with this, you know, nobody's moving out, nobody's calling any exorcists, it's all so good. You know, they're finding it really entertaining, which is weird. Just like, got a little parrot um, living in the wall, so... Yeah, yeah, a parrot that makes, like, dying pig sounds all night. Oh. Anyway, nice. I've lost my spot. Okay, yeah, now, it gets a little bit creepier when... Um, <laughs> sorry that was a breathing but it, it kind of came out as a snort <laughs> <laughs> oh I don't like this so this took a turn for the slightly more terrifying when the animals started singing the nursery rhymes it had overheard their 12 year old daughter singing in a very high pitched screechy voice they said its voice was about two octaves higher than the average adult human voice Oh, how did they know it was octaves? You know, I mean, <laughs> okay. I, I just, I just found it on Wikipedia. Don't ask me questions. Oh, sorry, but questions need to be asked. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It is. It does seem like a very precise thing to say, doesn't yeah. it? But can you imagine that something behind your walls starts going ring, ring, ring? 
No, I don't want that. I don't like it. No. I don't like it. No. Um, I think we should have just called this podcast, I don't like it. I don't it. like it. <laughs> nope. No. <laughs> nope. Nope. Um, so... After that, the creature actually just started talking to them and calling them through the walls by their actual names. Like, you right, Jack? <laughs> Ew, Margaret? <laughs> right, Jeff. <laughs> what did you say? I don't know. <laughs> what, what, what did you say? I just, you're, all, you're right, Jeff. I don't know. I don't... Uh, go on, then. Oh, did, have you heard this before? No. Did you say, all right, Jeff? Yeah. No, you you know the story. No, it was just a a blokey name that I just made up. Was he is the dad called Jeff? No, no, the dad's called James. Ah. Um so the Irvins gave the animal a nickname, Jack. But he was quick to correct them by saying his name was Jeff. Oh, fuck me. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and at and actually spelled it out for them so there would be no mistake. G E F, Jeff. All right. Um, yes. So you're very creepy. Why did you say that? I don't know. It's just I was, I was trying to be funny, and it came out. <laughs> that was that freaked me <sighs> out a little bit more. You're so weird. Um, I'm glad we're doing this remotely. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, Jeff. The family was understandably quite frightened, but also intrigued. Um, they asked if he was a ghost. And he replied, I am a ghost in the form of a weasel, cheeking the addict. (laughs) 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 Shall haunt you with, I shall haunt you with weird noises and clanking chains. I am a freak. I have hands and I have feet, and if you ever saw me, you would be paralysed, petrified, mummified, turned into a pillar of salt. You, Another time, Jeff said he was an extra clever mongoose born in New Delhi in 1852. And another time, I am the fifth dimension, I am the eighth wonder of the world, and I can split the atom. So, yeah. I really hope he sang that. <laughs> I'm petrified. Oh no no no, mummy fat. That'd have been so much so, funnier. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my god. So James, I know this. It's so weird. This is just a really bizarre story. James Irvin was increasingly scared of Jeff, especially as he was more and more obsessed with their daughter Vori. Jeff could be at times extremely badly behaved and he'd thump around the walls screeching profanities and threatening the family. He would follow Vori to school every day and would stay hidden in the bushes beside her but many villagers heard the high screechy voice talking to Vori as she hurried to school. Ugh. Jeff would... I know. But no one saw Jeff would also Just heard it. No. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff would also throw stones and objects around the house and had many a time said his sanctum was in Vori's bedroom. His sanctum is like his little nest where he, he lives, basically. Uh, so, yeah, his sanctum is in Vori's bedroom. So Margaret and James decided that it would be safer to move Vori into their own bedroom 
And as they were dismantling her bed, Jeff was screaming at them, I'll follow her wherever you move her. No, thanks. This relation... (laughs) <laughs> this relationship kind of rem- reminds me of um, a poltergeist because when when you hear um, uh, po- you know poltergeist stories, quite often poltergeists attach themselves to teenage girls. Oh, um, I know, so it kind of it reminded me of that, like the um, oh, what's that really? F- Famous haunting in May, um, not in Mayen, in England. Um, oh, the one that the Conjuring did. Yeah, the Enfield poltergeist. That was all around teenage girl, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it reminded me a bit of that. And they actually thought the same thing. And they asked him if he was a poltergeist. And he said, I'm not one of those. And described himself as more of an Indian familiar. Okay. You know, like a, like a witch's yeah. familiar kind of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, does um, do they have any neighbours? Is it not just some random at the at the neighbour, like? No, this their house is uh, it's a farmhouse and it's like really really remote. They're really secluded, oh. um, like quite isolated. Oh, so if it, I, I, I know, assumed it was a neighbor. town. Jeff had previously mentioned that he was born in India and later added details like he'd lived with a tall man in a green turban and he often spoke in Hindi and sang Indian songs. Jeff said to the family, if you're kind to me, I will bring you good luck. And if you are not kind, I shall kill all your poultry. I could kill you all if I liked, but I won't. (laughs) Poor chickens. Jeff also said that the well, bless him. uh, I mean, this whole thing is just there is something really terrifying about the idea of a little mongoose that lives in your house and can talk. And I don't know. To begin with, I was like, "Oh, Jeff, the talking mongoose. This is hilarious." But actually, the more I did it, the more I was like, "I don't like it." No, don't want talking (laughs) animals that live in the walls. Nope, nope, nope. Nope. (laughs) Jeff also said that the house was his too, stating, this is my home and it suits me. So the family accepted Jeff, even though he was creepy and aggressive sometimes. Most of the time, he was quite pleasant and helpful. He would watch... (laughs) This is horrible. He would watch Margaret undress every day and list off the clothes she was removing one by one to prove that he was watching. But then would also add things like, I like you, Maggie, and I want you to like me too. Stop purring on me then, you perv. (laughs) It would be like, sock one, sock two. All the panties are going on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's just horrible. He'd bring dead rabbits each week for the family to eat and in return they would clean up after him and feed him. Although the family only got very quick, rare glances at Jeff, they described him as having a flat hedgehog-like face, being the size of a rat, yellow colouring with a large bushy tail. He had human hands and feet and very sharp teeth. Oh, that's terrifying. Yep. It's like a really weird Pokemon. (laughs) <laughs> like s- satanic Pokemon. Yeah. 
News of Jeff, of course, soon spread all around the island and then the mainland and then the world. Multiple newspapers printed articles about Jeff and eventually the famous ghost hunter Harry Price was very intrigued about Jeff. So he sent his associate, Captain James MacDonald. He stayed with the family but never saw or heard Jeff. James told him that Jeff had said he did not like the stranger because he was a doubter. But on his departure, Captain MacDonald heard the high voice shout, Oh, go away! Who is that man? Price finally did visit the Irvins and could not prove or disprove the existence of Jeff. He did, however, say that the Irvins were credible witnesses. This is something that came back throughout what I was looking at. People would always say, these people aren't, like, attention-seeking. They're not you know, they're very down-to-earth people. That It just doesn't make sense for them to be, you know, hoaxing. Um, anyway, over the next 10 years, Jeff's visits became increasingly rare. And in 1945, when James Irvin died and his wife and daughter had to move away from the house, Jeff was never seen or heard from again. The person who bought the house after them says said he shot Jeff, um, but after seeing pictures of the odd-looking creature, Vori said it wasn't Jeff. Um, despite a lifetime of people saying it was all a hoax um, and that actually it was Vori doing it all and she must be some incredible ventrilo- ventriloquist that was throwing her voice and stuff around the house, um, her, neither Margaret or Vori ever confessed um to having, you know, pretended, made it all up. And right up until both of their deaths, they swore that they had indeed lived with Jeff the Talking Mongoose. So, there you go. When you say Jeff the Talking Mongoose, you're just like, what? But the actual story's... Oh, horrifying. It's the thing that you said that it has human hands and feet. That is disgusting. Like, human size on, like, a little rat. Or, like, to, por- to proportion. No, no. Apparently they were, like, doll's hands and feet. You know, they were proportionate to his size. And apparently he had, like, human fingers and a thumb, but he only had three fingers and a thumb. He didn't have four fingers. Three fingers and a thumb. Oh, God. So, yeah. Uh, that was horrible. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to make of it. I honestly don't know what to make of it. I mean, yeah, I don't know. What What the hell? What's Jeff? What is Jeff? It sounds like it's the sort of thing that you dream, like have nightmares about when you were little. But the fact that the mum and dad mm. were hearing it too and or playing along or... Oh, oh. There's been, there's quite a few theories. Either it was Vori... And she's an incredible ventriloquist and she can throw her voice and um, her parents just went along with it, which is odd, but okay, that's a possibility. Um, the other theories are like, because at one point it was the dad that was the closest to Jeff. So they were like, is it the dad that's kind of, I don't know, sort of created this out of his mind and they, they believed it so hard that they actually ended up creating this thing you know i don't know when you said that it was the dad that was talking to her i was thinking is it the dad that has something to do with it maybe or 
I don't know. In fact, that no I one honestly really saw don't him know. after the parents died. But, oh, I mean, how long can a, can a rat live for? <laughs> well, the thing is, when he first made his appearance, he was already 80 years old, you know, going by what he was saying and when he was born. And mongoose don't live up until they're 80. I mean, I mean, mongoose, mongoose don't talk. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that one. So I, I just, I, the whole thing is really, really bizarre. And I mean, I could have made it longer and gone on, but there was like Jeff apparently really liked to gossip and he would go and travel around the, the villages and stuff and watch what people were doing and then report it back to the family so the family knew all the like local gossip because it was this little talking mongoose that was going and spying on everybody can you imagine um, that oh you know that bastard down road he's cheating on his wife <laughs> saw him yesterday <laughs> <laughs> oh talking mongoose oh jeff jeff I Why did I say you Jeff? Said Jeff? I don't know. That's that so was bizarre. I, that, that is really I chose, weird. I think I chose Jeff because that was the not the not what I was expecting you to say at all. Especially it was 1930. I was thinking something like, oh, mm. oh I was an old name. I thought like you must have heard the story no. and you were just like, no. hum- you know, you were like, oh, I'm not going to tell her that I know what she's on about. No, I'd probably say, oh, I don't know if this rings a bell or to be honest, that I'll listen, I, yeah. I read a lot of stories and, you know, on murders and stuff, but I never, never remember anything. <laughs> so, but then again, Same. no, I've never heard any stories out of the Isle of Man. So I've never heard it before. Okay, so that was Jeff the Talking Mongoose, and it's pretty fucking horrifying, if you ask me. Big it up for Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> so, your go. Yeah. Right. I want to know what you're going to talk about. Right. I hope this goes well, because I, it, my past two lunchtimes at work, I have been putting my notes together, and then... When I came home tonight, I had forgotten because I was doing it on my work's computer. Don't say anything. Shh. Oh no. Um, but it was it was on my lunchtime, um, and I forgot to send the word document to my email so that I had it on my computer at home. <laughs> so, oh, no. um, but anyway, I tried to sweep round the basically get what I had in the first place. Um, so unfortunately, a lot of this is from Wikipedia, but I did find a lot find a lot of the articles that I originally looked at and uh, tried to remember what I'd written on the other one. <laughs> so, oh God, I, bless your heart. I apologise for that. Um, but and also because I wanted to try and do a different country, try and do as many countries as possible. So. My pronunciation is not going to be very good because this is German. It's German murders that happened in Germany and Poland. And uh, because my, I think my last two were quite old. Uh, actually, I think the last time was did go up into the 2000s, so that's not that old. Um, but this one is quite recent and it's quick. It's not horrific, 
but the amount of people is. Um, right. <laughs> because uh, was the last one you was the last one you did the woman who made people into soap. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, I'm gonna say that didn't go. That didn't go into the two thousands, did it? No, and I was thinking of the first one then. My first one that I did, I think that ended in two thousand and one. No, but the no the last no, time, last yeah. time was quite old. I think that's why I got it in my head that yeah. I did older ones. Whereas uh, no, this one's quite quite a new one. And uh, oh, great! So what it is is about a man called, and I'm probably going to butcher his name as well, and all of the towns that I've written down. So forgive me, and I'm sorry in advance. So this man is called... Well, I don't speak German, so I'm not going to yeah, know. Yeah, I? I thought, well, I could just try and put the accent on, but then it just would sound a bit <laughs> like I was taking the piss, which is not what I wanted to do. <laughs> I was just trying to say it right. So I'll just say it with my accent, and anyone, no, I really doubt anyone will, well, you know, <laughs> we're not professionals you here. Know. Right, so this is about <laughs> a man called Niels Hogel. Oh, and so I have no idea how that's pronounced, but that's how it's spelt. So, sounded right to yeah, me. Niels was born in uh, Germany in 1976. He um, was raised in a coastal town called Wilhelmshaven. <laughs> Wilhelm, <laughs> Wilhelmshaven, wherever that is, in West, in West Germany. Um, it's in West Germany. In West Germany, yes. So, he... Um, so he, he was born and raised there. Apparently, he had um, a really protected, really sheltered and overprotected childhood. What that means, I don't know. But it says he was not exposed right, okay. to violence or anything like that at home. He didn't have the awful upbringing, which is what we see a lot of in in killers yeah, yeah. and serial killers it's usually it doesn't start off well was it doesn't seem to be the case with him um both both his grandmother and his father worked as nurses and uh his mother was para, was a paralegal uh, and uh he had an older sister as well and like i said just like a normal bringing happy sheltered um, yeah, and he uh, no abuse, no no bedwetting. Doesn't look like it. Whether they kept, I did see the word sheltered and protected a lot. So whether he was like a bit of a mummied, I don't know, bit of a mummy's boy, probably a bit overprotected by his parents. Maybe they did absolutely everything mm. for him, and he was the golden boy. I don't really know yes. what that means, but. That would turn you into a spoiled brat, not necessarily like a monster. No, but. no. Um, so, because his grandmother and his dad were nurses, that's what he wanted to become as well. So, in yeah. the early 90s, that's when he was doing all of his um, training. And I'm not liking where this is going at all. <laughs> so, I'm saying, um, I've only been in Germany when I was looking for... Um, uh, there was lots of Nazi stories and everything like that, and I just thought, well, I'm, I just don't feel like going into that at the minute, any of them types, types of stories. 
So this was com- yeah. you know, completely different to anything like that. You know, no uh, apparent racism or anything like that. Uh, you know, how what you think when you think of an, like a Nazi and everything like that. I just didn't want to do that kind of story. Yeah. Maybe later another time, but there was lot, yeah, lots yeah. of those and lots of, um, like, um, war crimes and they caught the the guys when they were in their 80s and stuff but maybe another time yeah they were interested in that maybe another time <laughs> right anyway so in 1997 he became a nurse and started working in the Oldenburg clinic uh in 1999 that's when he started working there he was stationed in the cardiac surgery and intensive care unit ward 211 in 2001 the so two years after he started working there in 2001 all of the doctors and like the top doctors and the um medical orderlies at the hospital held a meeting which Hogel as well attended and it was to discuss the unusual spike in both resuscitations and deaths during the preceding months Mm -hmm. because what was happening is People were just randomly having heart attacks. I mean, they were in a clinic, in a cardiac unit, but this was way out of what the norm was. Yeah. Um, So, and apparently 58% of these accidents were found to have occurred when Hogel was on duty. So when Niels was on duty, 58% of this was all was happening. Um, Apparently... You'd think he would have thought, you know, somebody's probably going to pick up on this. Maybe maybe I shouldn't do this. Yeah, and apparently he might have had some things to... Uh, uh, this might have gotten to him because apparently after this meeting he called in sick the next day and was off sick for three weeks. Keeping his head down. Yep. Maybe they'll forget about all the people I killed. Maybe no loads of people will still die when I'm not there. <laughs> or maybe, maybe we don't know yet. Is he innocent? I don't know. <laughs> Why would I ever talking about him? <laughs> I've, I've got a, I've got a feeling that he's not. <laughs> Just putting that out there. Yeah. I've got a feeling he's not. Right. So in the three weeks that he wasn't there, during that time, only two patients died which was a huge, like, uh, way, way fewer. Red flag! Yeah, big red flag and just way fewer <laughs> than who was than the amount of people that were dying on average before his sick leave. Um, anyway, so when he came back, he started to be put under pressure by the ward's head physician. Um, Hogel was uh, transferred to... Uh, anesthesiology that's a massive word um that is a big word but you you nailed it you did nail it go you so he was um transferred there in 2001 um and soon that ward the head physician in that ward became really suspicious um of the amount of times that hogel was in emergency situations Mm. it's just like they'd be fine and then all of a sudden they were having a heart attack and whoa who was there Hogel was there to save the day I'm like oh look at me I'm we're really well under pressure and look at all these people I'm saving yes people are dying but yeah. I'm saving so many people 
Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm no investigator, but I think I've cracked this case. Yeah. God, it's not very discreet, I must admit. <laughs> um, so he just wasn't, this head physician, again, was not happy with the amount of patients under Huggles care that were suddenly found to be having life life threatening conditions for mm. inexplicable reasons. They were fine. Hogel comes on shift and all of a sudden they're having a heart attack or all of a sudden there's all these problems. Uh, so he, this head uh, physician said uh, to him, basically, you need to resign. Um, if you do, you'll get your full wages for another three months or you can be transferred to the clinic's logistics unit uh, where you can just assist moving patients around. So it's just like a porter. Okay, so let me get this straight. Uh-huh. They've linked. They've definitely linked him to people dying. He's doing something. They've got. Okay, yeah. he's bringing some. Yeah, he, he's bringing people back. Sometimes he's not. <clears throat> he's obviously trying to make himself look like some kind of hero but killing people in the process whatnot so they know this and yet nobody's actually said you know what you would just fuck off I'm just well, fire this you. second for yeah yeah well that's what it's it's an unfortunate pattern that's just gonna keep repeating itself it's a stupid pattern <laughs> i'm just saying it it's stupid Call the police. <laughs> call the police. Call the police. The police. And, <laughs> and put him in, into jail. And then, you know. And then we'll see how we go. I mean, I'm that. no. Save all them people's I'm lives. not a rocket scientist, but I'm going to say people wouldn't have died if somebody had just, you know, thought, yeah, he's not a good guy. I want to see what police is in German. Police. How do we say that? No idea. Polizei. Apparently. That was better. That was better. Anyway. <sighs> so so basically they're being really like, look, you know, I don't want to be a problem. I don't want to embarrass you, but we have noticed that, you know, people keep dying around you, so maybe it'd be better if you could just go and do something else. Yeah. You know. People... Okay, that's very diplomatic of them. Yeah. I think a lot of it was I think the main reason was if that got out, then no one would want to go to their clinic. They'd go to a different clinic instead, yeah. so they'd lose money. Pretty, so a lot of the times, understandable. You know, hospitals and clinics and stuff, it's all about the money. So All about the money, money, money. We don't need no money, money, money. Yep, right. Uh, anyway, so what happens next is instead of him leaving or being transferred transferred to be a porter in the in the clinic, he quits. Well, he gets transferred, or he quits and gets a new job. No, he gets transferred. He gets transferred to a new clinic in Delmenhorst. So this is in the December of two thousand and two. So that's like the following mm-hmm. year. Um, so he gets transferred to the Delmenhorst Clinic. Do they give them a heads up? Like, hi, this is you know this other clinic. I can't remember what it was called. Um, just so you know, no, you're nearly right. Not- they went hi. This is this <laughs> man. 
And what they said was this. So he arrived at the intensive care unit again um, with a solid letter of reference from Oldenburg's clinic. So the director of nursing described him as someone who worked, quote, independently and shit. And um conscientiously independently and conscientiously that's big oh these big words for me and i'm so far away from my computer i can't see anything um and uh, in a crisis he reacted with consideration and was technically correct (laughs) technically correct technically correct says it all really yeah it's just really weird words to to unless that's how they describe people in in uh, in the medical profession i really don't know um it just seemed a bit weird like they were trying to find words that were purposely distancing i don't know it just didn't seem like they were trying to be too personal with the uh with the recommendation they just wanted to get rid of him so they've just palmed him off to this other yeah. place, really. Yeah. They've washed their hands of him. No, yeah, that's exactly exactly that. Um, so the letter gave absolutely no indication that officials at his formal hospital in Oldenburg had grown deeply suspicious at the number of deaths that happened when he was on shift. Mm. Uh, or that he, they had, in the end, barred him from contact with pa- patients and eventually, effectively, pushed him out. No mention, no of, mention that. of that. No mention of that. No. Of course not. No. He would have been hard to hire if not. So. Oh, people are so stupid. Yeah, so they basically put Parmen him off at another hospital where he can quite easily kill people again over the fact that they'd have to go public or fire him. Yeah. But maybe in the long run, it might come back to bite him. You never know. Anyway. I imagine it will. (laughs) So before long, same pattern emerged. Uh, Similar suspicions arose at Delman Horse Hospital Clinic even. Um, Within four months as well. So we got to to it pretty quickly. Uh, So within four months, a patient... Um, oh, uh, I meant to say at the beginning, in Germany, you can't say victims' full names. It's just the first name and the letter of their second name. First letter of their second name. Okay. So um, so within four months, a patient, Brigitte, Brigitte A, died under his care. Others, one called Hans S, Christoph K and Joseph Z, followed. And all of those were under Huggles' care um, mm. when they died under his shift. They yeah. all died. Uh, it was all random emergencies um, that just popped up out of nowhere, mostly due to arrhythmia or sudden decreases in blood pressure. And um, those type of symptoms or just skyrocketed when Hogel started working there. Just all the patients had problems with their blood pressure and and heart rhythm and and everything. Um, So, again, again, this led to a lot of Hogel's co-workers um, just really getting suspicious and starting to sort of, like, 
not want to be on shift if he was on shift. They had a few nicknames Ooh. for it, but it, that was in my other notes and I didn't have time to get them again. They were really good nicknames, but basically, like, if you're on a, a shift with Hogel, that's the death shift. Um, yeah. So, um... And yet, he's still working. Yeah, apparently, when he first got there, the, he was really held in high regard until the suspicions began to arrive, uh, arise. Uh, and then the superiors, again, allegedly anyway, did not act on any of the suspicions. Uh, even when four empty vials of Giluritmal, <sighs> God knows what that is. And then it says in practice, Angela, Angmeline, Angmeline. Um, so God knows what that is, but it's something to do with, uh, well, what, or it, if you inject that into someone, it gives the symptoms, basically what everyone's been dying with. So yeah. four empty vials of that drug uh, surfaced in Hogel's ward, uh, despite no doctor having prescribed that to any uh, as a medication to anyone on the ward at the time come on guys come I on know. i was like what when i was trying to read through this i watched a documentary <laughs> and was reading through it on i was just like what don't understand so many red so many red flags i mean they're not even like red flags anymore they're just like it's, it's so this was like a massive obvious. arrow pointing to his face <laughs> Yes, murderer. Yeah, murderer. 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 Anyway, so if you think of how many people are... So no... Go on. No police or anything. No police. No police. Just uh, rumours going around and no one wanting to be friends with him because he's weird and everyone seems to die Kills when people. he's there. But no yeah. one wants to get involved. Oh, I'm not getting involved. and uh, It just seems to be like that. All people, the lower... His colleagues are going to the superiors and the superiors are not doing anything about it. So I think it's one of them things, if you're just not being listened to, what what can you do in the end apart from catch him red-handed? So, yeah, I mean, literally, at this point, that's, that's all that's left, isn't yeah. it? So let's get into 22nd of June 2005. So four years after he started working at that clinic, um, colleagues caught Hogel intentionally manipulating a patient's syringe pump to improperly administer adjmaline of <laughs> that drug. That's not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I should have looked up how to pronounce that. Um, so when they caught him red-handed doing that, the it, uh, they finally caused called the police and they opened an investigation into Hogel. Multiple um, co-workers came forward to voice their opinions and suspicions and everything that they'd seen up until then. Um, so how many people have died that didn't need to die because it was pretty friggin' obvious that he was doing this like four years ago? Yeah, a lot of... We don't, we don't know the full amount. Spoiler alert. But uh, I think we're getting... To, it's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. Yeah, I don't think they'll ever know how many. And I, I really don't think he knows either. I think he just did it so much. And um, 
so anyway, lots of his co-workers came forward to um, voice their suspicions um, and say that he was behind numerous uh, complications, resuscitations and unexplained deaths at their hospital. Uh, there was a big pattern of, uh, like I said, he just waltzed in and wanted to get the attention of saving the day. And uh, apparently he really basks in, in in that and like, oh, I did this. And and that's why, they, that, that's what a lot of them thought that he was doing it for, for the for the good feeling afterwards when you finally give someone, bring someone back. But he never seemed that happy. Yeah. He never seemed sad when he did lose someone. No, he just didn't carry no, the weight, really. He was just a bit of a, you know, bit of a psycho and wanted to... <laughs> a bit, bit of a serial yeah, killer, yeah, really. A little bit. <laughs> um, so after an extensive, extensive police investigation, um, uh, they ex- examined a lot of the deaths, not all the deaths in the hospital between 2003 and 2005, revealing that the number of deaths at the, uh, I can't say death today, deaths uh, at the Delman Horse Clinic had doubled during Hogel's employment there. In 2005, 73% of deaths could be connected to Hogel's scheduled work. So when he was on shift, oh, 73% of the people that died, he was there. Um, these findings were forwarded to... Um, Oldenburg's district attorney office. Um, uh, so in December 2006, the Landreich Oldenburg, which is the German regional court, uh, sentenced Hogel to five years in prison and uh, an employment ban for the equal length for the uh, attempted voluntary manslaughter. Which mm. is really weird. I, I, I think it's because they didn't have much proof. It was all circumstantial evidence. Um, yeah. Even though he was caught red-handed at the end, it could be. There's always the doubt that he was just a bit shit at his job and uh, was yeah happened to fuck up when someone came in and caught him with it. Um, yeah. So they appealed for him to get a higher sentence um, because the verdict was mm. you know, five years, that's nothing. Um, yeah, yeah. So he was given a seven and a half year ban. Um, so he couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't, well, you know, that was five years at first and then he was given a seven and a half year prison sentence as well as a lifelong employment ban in the medical industry. So he's not allowed to be. Thank God for that. Yeah, but only still seven and a half years. So that's all. Um, fast forward. The fact that they were cons- Go on. the fact that they were considering still letting him be a nurse is just mind-boggling. Yeah, but um, at first, what they did the first time was, you know, that he tried to bring everyone back. They put that into it that he was trying to save people, even though mm. he was the cause of it. He was causing them to need saving. Yeah, he still tried to bring them back, which is, I think, stupid because he put them in that position. Yeah, yeah. Multiple no, times and so many mental. people died. It's not like one person died and then he thought, well, I better stop. He just kept, he just didn't care. He just kept doing it and doing he it and doing going. it. Um, so fast forward to 
2014, police weren't happy again with uh, his sentence and also new evidence came about, new deaths. They had to go through everything and they managed to find over 200 suspicious deaths from... uh, uh, 200? I mean, Jesus. That's huge. Yeah. So that's... So what happened is because it was so many, what happened is a total of 134 bodies in Germany, Poland and Turkey were exhumed and autopsied. Um, And it took another three years um, for them to reevaluate the 200 cases and and the bodies that were exhumed and, um, and everything. And apparently the bodies were distributed over 67 different cemeteries. So in many cases, the decomposition had progressed too far, so they couldn't do anything. 101 patients from Delmanhorst Hospital who died during Huggles uh, shifts couldn't be autopsies, uh, autopsied because uh, they had been cremated. So that 101 of them couldn't, uh, so extra people couldn't be exhumed. Um, So uh, they exhumed the people that they could, and it just depended on when they died, how well they were embalmed, and uh, they tried to find traces of um, heart medication. The drug. Yeah, yeah. Because... um, I think I don't know where they said that it could be found. I don't if it was too far gone, it wasn't in the bones apparently. They had to get it from oh, I don't know, somewhere in the, the flesh of the body rather than the bones. It it wouldn't show up. Yeah, yeah. Um so in two, November two thousand and sixteen, so pretty recent now, um, they were able to prove thirty seven homicides uh they were able to prove that uh, 37 of the people that had been killed, that Hogel was responsible for it. Yeah, because of that yeah, drop. But this was only mm. between 2002 and 2005. So all of them, 200 cases as well, were only between 2002 and 2005, so three years. And he started yeah. working in, 90, a busy boy. Yeah, in 1997. He started being a nurse. So... Has a long time. Um, God, it's going to be hundreds, isn't it? Hundreds and hundreds. Yeah, I think so. Um, and it could have been stopped. It could have been stopped. It could have been. Why? It could have. Been, it could have been stopped at person three. I don't know. I don't think. I think one per. I think one person dies. I mean, it happens. Cardiac unit. I don't know. It just. It just seems weird especially if he was like i'll save her and was like jumping in Mm. every time uh anyway apparently sometimes he'd be in the hallway and like dive in like i'm not dr house and um just like start doing everything and bringing people back i don't know he just he really thought he was in um gray's anatomy or something like that um oh god love a bit of (laughs) gray's love a bit of gray's who doesn't um 
So because of this, they managed to prove 37 homicides. Um, the investigators say that they're only at the tip of the iceberg, that there's more to come. Oh, 100%. So yeah, what they said was he, he was um, sentenced to, uh, he did have a life sentence um, yeah. that he was uh, already um, serving. Um, so they couldn't find him innocent or guilty of further charges. And uh, capital punishment is not a thing in Germany. They don't do that. Um, and apparently the prior conviction had already entailed the maximum punishment of life without parole. Uh, so they couldn't do anything anyway. Yeah. So he apparently is in prison for life, but not without parole. He could get out. And uh, Germany right. has... Um, it just depends. It just, I don't know how what their prison system's like there, whether people get out or not, or how how kind they are to prisoners and stuff, or whether it must be just be case case by case. Um, yeah. But in 2017, they concluded that, so that again, another year later, so it's, even though they couldn't do anything anymore, they're still trying to get to the bottom of how many people have been killed. They uh, mm-hmm. announced that uh, over 90 patients, um, including the six that he'd already been convicted on, he was guilty of them. And uh, apparently he didn't deny being responsible for them. Uh, oh, he did He did not on, the, on this time. He, um, and in the end, the total number, it just seems to be going on forever. And I don't understand how it works because I thought, you know, double jeopardy, but whether it's all new, I suppose it's all new people. Another murder is another case, isn't it? So I got a bit, com- I I got a bit, so, I got yeah. a bit confused early. I was like, but double jeopardy. I think it was the four hours of sleep I got last night that that just broke my brain. Um, yeah. So yeah, every time they were finding more evidence, so now the number is up to one hundred and six, and still some suspicious deaths are still under investigation. Um, and the trial that does another trial in uh, in two thousand eighteen, two thousand nineteen. Um. So again, they were trying to accuse him of killing another hundred patients. There was a hundred, I think there was a, with them all together, 120. It's a bit confusing because I keep having different numbers. And I think every time they went to trial, it was a different number again. It was just getting yeah, higher yeah. and higher. So I don't know if it's 100 plus 120 plus 90 or whether they're just putting it up every time. I don't know. Mm. Um, but in the end... It, it's a shitload of people. Yeah. Out of the 100 murder charges, Hogel eventually confessed to 43 on the day of the trial in 2018-2019, those trials, and uh, he couldn't recall the other 52, um, so he denied uh, his involvement in the five remaining deaths. So he admitted to 43, couldn't recall 52, and the five remaining, he said they didn't do. Okay. So I don't know. It's one of the things that is he telling the whole truth or is he just telling part of the truth to sound uh, genuine? Less, I really don't know. Less horrific. Yeah, yeah. Less horrific. He's been spending time in prison. So whether he 
thinks that he might, I don't know, get out, get out or, you know, or spend a little bit less time in there. But in the end, they think that he's responsible for over 300, but they can't prove it. Yeah. They think oh, that possibly might horrible. again. Um, but... Surely that would make him one of the like the worst serial killers of all time. 300, Jesus yeah. Christ. And uh, also there was a lot of aftermath and criticism of the uh, medical... Um, <laughs> yeah. No, no shit. how they handled things. So following Hogel's conviction, the first one in 2015, the Oldenburg State Attorney Office pressed... Uh, as obstruction of justice charges against um, the head of uh, of the Oldenburg clinic. That's the first one that he was at uh, because he allegedly did not act on uh, conclusive evidence incriminating Hogel at the time. Um, so because of him, you know, that, that's evidence that's gone amiss. And also if he did say something, all them other people might not have died. Uh, yeah, well, hundred yeah. percent, hundred percent. He's got blood on his discri- hands. District court dismissed the case. So that right. mm, it, oh, do you know it makes me it makes me lose faith yeah. in humanity. It really does. Yeah, it, it really, really does. does. I mean, I I wasn't surprised when I read that bit. I really wasn't surprised because it was all alleged. I mean, it's not like they had a bit of paper saying, oh, I admit to, you know, he never admitted anything. It's not like he admitted yeah, yeah. it. But still, come the fuck on. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't work in the medical profession. It's very frustrating. I had like a little, oh, I think my uh, colleague might be murdering people on a lunch break. And maybe I should tell someone. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I'd tell my boss. I think I'd just yes. go straight to the police yeah. as well. Uh, yeah. Police, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. But, yeah. Basically, that's the story. Sorry it was a little bit all over the place. Like I say, my notes were better. The ones that I'd had had previously prepared. Uh, so, it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> it it just winds it just winds me up because like straight at the beginning you're like right ring the police just ring the police no no just ring the police and what do they do no go off to another hospital and just crack yeah. on you're not our problem anymore oh I mean, god terrible yeah. awful those poor people you know yeah. you're in somewhere that's supposed to be caring for you yeah i mean you know. d- nurses and doctors that do this they call them the angel of death um so yeah and I find, because I've, li- I've, I was, uh, I've heard other stories um, similar to this, and and they're all the same. They, there's always suspicion, and no one, either no one says anything, or the people that need to say something. So the su- superior is the one that actually can fire the person. Yeah, or, yeah. I don't know, or the police don't listen. I mean, things that. Are, it, you could have told the police if the police came round and like the head of medicine was like, "Oh no, nothing's going on. Oh, people die all the time, um, and we're in a cardiac unit yeah. and intensive care. People are going to die." The police will be like, oh, "Okay, I don't know." And, I mean, oh, okay, the police then, yeah. are busy. They've got all their other things. If they're saying that, oh, like a hospital where people die, people die sometimes. I don't know if 
I don't know if it's spun in the right way. I mean, they're they're not gonna if there's no proof or if it's just like rumors. Uh, they can't really do much. I don't know. Yeah. I still feel like it could have all been avoided. Like, definitely, definitely. Oh, great. But is this we? This is a case over and over and over again, isn't it? It's like if somebody had just done yeah. their fucking job properly, then like a yeah. load of people would have not been. Apparently, killed, the but... family members were all hugging each other, holding hands. They, you know, it was just like one big family in the courtroom. And apparently, when he was admitting to things and saying people just hated him so much and apparently he was just lying, wouldn't, would lie about anything, just a constant uh, liar, um, a compulsive liar about everything. He'd just lie about really stupid stuff. So yeah. even the, the families just couldn't, even when they got the confession, it just didn't feel, didn't feel genuine, if you know what I mean. I mean, he confessed, no. and I bet it yeah. was true. No yeah. remorse no, or I anything. No remorse was, if there was any, it was faked. Um, yeah. 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 Crazy. That's yeah. scary. It is when you go, you think scary. that, you know, in intensive care, you, there's no, you are at the mercy of the people looking after you, and, uh, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Another another one Ooh. down. Yeah. I feel like my spine was chilled and we talked about Yeah. People getting serial <laughs> killed. I feel, I, feel, yeah. I feel like we're in the yeah. theme. We're oh yeah. Sticking to the theme. So I would I would probably say if a mongoose starts talking to you, uh yeah. move out. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah if one of your colleagues yeah, starts killing the people tell someone. the people yeah <laughs> that's the, yeah. the lesson i have learned today tell the popo if they needed to be learned there's something wrong with you <laughs> you should know that already <laughs> yeah but no yeah. i did like that story i didn't i've never heard anything like that before and uh, you, it was uh, it was fun. I did I did enjoy Jeff the mongoose. I do kind of um, wish that he'd have <laughs> called himself something else. I don't know, Matt the mongoose. You know, kind of Mallory. I think Jeff Jeff's My got a good Jeff. range set. Yeah. All right. I yeah. could kill you squeal, if I squeal. wanted to all night. <laughs> We still haven't come up with some kind of quirky no, goodbye you think in thing, three have we? Months we probably would have come up with something. It'll have, yeah, it'll have yeah. come. Well, yeah. Why well, don't like when this ever gets published? Uh, hopefully, it will. You know, people can maybe comment and say, "Oh, yeah, come on." Yeah, it's not my beer over. It was okay, it was empty. It's been empty for a while. Yeah. All right then. Well, take care, everyone. And until next time. See you soon. See you soon. Bye. Till next time. Bye.